day, folks, and welcome to another episode of Podcraft. This is the show all about podcasting, from launching your show to monetization and everything in between. I'm Colin Gray from thepodcasthost.com, joined by Matthew. As always, how are you, Matthew? Yeah, I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, not bad today. Not bad. Yeah, indeed. Getting uh, towards the end of the season, eh? The gear season. You glad of that? happy to see the back of it <laughs> i'm really selling it <laughs> <laughs> selling it well um yeah no we've just been talking about that eh? it's like it's a good question actually around refreshing seasons like we've been refreshing this season because some stuff goes out of date if you're a teaching podcast like what do you do when you've done a season or even just an episode around something goes out of date do you refresh it do you put it back out there we've been doing that with the gear season right now so um it's kind of it feels almost like we're kind of retracing old ground but actually nearly all of it is really worthwhile so yeah yeah no it's worthwhile i think but that'd be good to hear people's thoughts like get in touch get in touch if you have any feedback on that whether you do refreshes on your content um or whether uh you think it's not really worth it whether you maybe just go back and uh, kind of do a little summary or something like that be good to hear anyway what are we doing on this episode matthew what's our eighth out of ten topic in the gear season yeah, it's podcast studios, isn't it? Um, so I'd initially had this down as setting up your podcast studio. I don't think that's quite accurate because that, that sounds to me like plugging in cables and stuff <laughs> like that. What we really want to talk about more here today is the optimization of your sound uh, to, you know, to make your voice sound good in a recording. And I guess the first big question is, what do we mean by a studio? Because like the, the first image that comes to mind is like a really professional like radio or sound studio, isn't it? But it's, it's, it's not really necessarily that, is it? Nah, what, what's your average podcast studio? It's like uh, somebody in their bedroom um, under a duvet, potentially trying to make some good soundproofing. Or, or maybe if you're lucky, it's like a little kind of dedicated office space in your house where you can put up some soft stuff around you. Um, but yeah, quite often it moves, doesn't it, Matthew? Like you're just setting up a mic on a random table in your house somewhere, just trying to find a quiet corner, I think, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I mean, your, your studio is just basically whatever recording environment you happen to have, isn't it? What, wherever you use, like a, a bedroom, a cupboard, yeah. uh, we'll talk later about even being out in the car or sitting on a, yeah, a park bench as well. So yeah. wherever you're recording, that's that's your that's your podcast studio. Yeah, yeah. But there's... An, an, yeah, so what we're going to talk through, I suppose, is that kind of that, what do you call it, a spectrum, isn't it? From like how you can make it slightly better to record in a random little corner of your kitchen, <laughs> potentially, like how you cut down noise, how you think about the sound around you, all that kind of stuff, right up to potentially setting up a more permanent space and what you can do to make that sound better. Eh? Is that kind of the the kind of scale of what we're going to cover, Matthew? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And, um, you know, just going through the, the key challenges that we face, no matter what type of studio we, we choose or, you know, which type chooses us, we've always got these recurring challenges and considerations to think about as well. So I thought the big one to start on here, the, the most common one, I guess, that people think about is reverb or echo. So how would we sort of define reverb or echo? Yeah, what is reverb then? It's, I mean, it's yeah, echo is a simple word for it, isn't it? Reverb's the kind of fancy word. It's like uh, the echo coming off your walls. It's it's anything that sounds a little bit like your voice is doubling up. It's echoing back to you. Uh, I mean, where where do you think it's more commonly come from? Like, what causes reverb most commonly? 
It's, I suppose it's, it's it's really just because your voice is a sound wave and if it hits a surface and comes back to you. So either if that's a very hard, shiny surface or it's a surface that's very close to you, you're likely to hear that reverb. You're hearing your voice again because it's coming back at you a second time. In a really bad room, it could bounce all around the room, can't it? Could, yeah, totally. I remember yeah. uh, back in our old office at Abertay, there was a room down the hall from us that I went in once. I, th- I wasn't recording. I was doing a call, and I th- it was like a a, a, a tower like room. <laughs> and I, I just I remember it because it was literally the worst sounding room I've ever yeah. been in in my life. I went yeah. in it on the phone. I was like, "My word, this is a Aye. this is a case study." Yeah. So yeah, it's like yeah. the classic. Like if you're standing in, I think there was a stairwell. Do you think of the stairwell, or is there was there an actual room? No, that was it really was tall? like a weird little room. Yeah. Really. So yeah, I mean, that was like the worst. It was just terrible. It was it sounded so bad. Um, but I mean, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's kind of a paradox here in that that was kind of a small space, but it was just surrounded by like hard surfaces. But sometimes bigger spaces are better, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. It's 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 one of the funny things where if you are a, like a sound designer, again, I've done lots of audio drama in the past. If I was putting a character in a church, mm. I would put loads of reverb on their voice and you know we, we see on films a character in a big wide open space they'll put a bit of reverb on the voice to to signify the distance the space, but it's often yeah. not like that i'm not saying you won't get very big rooms that that reverb but you would have to probably shout quite loud as well often when you go into like a church think of a cinema a concert hall they're often very big cavernous spaces but they sound really good and you're often talking quite quiet and you won't hear any reverb at all because your voice has got so far the sound waves have got so yeah. far to go even if it is hard surfaces it's probably never going to get back to you like yeah. i say unless you're really like shouting nothing to bounce off eh? yeah 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 totally. Aye. but then smaller rooms are maybe worse for that obviously because the walls are so close to you it can be really echoey like that stairwell like the marbles like just surrounding you so close but equally mm-hmm. they're also a lot easier to treat aren't they because exactly, you have less yeah. space to treat <laughs> yeah yeah definitely so um yeah doing a bit of sound treatment and you know a We've done it a few times in the past, like cupboards and stuff like that, just getting some of the foam tiles up. And you could really improve the sound of a, a very small room pretty quickly yeah. and with not that much material as well. Yeah. Um, just talking about sound treatment there, I suppose there's a definition to be made as well, isn't there? Because you hear of sound treatment and you hear of sound proofing, but they're not nece- I mean, they're not necessarily, they're not the same things at all, are they? Uh, yeah yeah totally yeah yeah. so what's the difference between sound treatment and sound proofing sound proofing is when you actually try and like isolate all of the sound from getting into a room so that's the really hard and expensive one isn't it Matthew (laughs) yeah and I've always um, come across folks getting a bit confused with that because they'll say you know I've I've sound proofed my room I've put some foam tiles up and I can still hear my neighbor next door playing his drums or whatever and you're you're saying well (laughs) You've not actually soundproofed it. You've sound treated it, so the yeah. reverb will be better. But you know, the drummer next door, unfortunately, you you maybe need to move house or, yeah. or I don't know, tell him to move house I say you himself. Treat him. But I, yeah, uh, I, but treat, yeah I was t- going to say I was going to say kill him, but that seems a bit extreme. harsh. So, yeah, <laughs> can get in trouble for that. Um, yeah. But yeah, treatment. So sound treatment, as opposed to soundproofing, is just really making a room less. It's it's almost certainly it's almost always around like reducing reverb and echo, isn't it? 
um, mm-hmm. around putting up soft surfaces, around changing your walls into something soft, whether that's putting up kind of sound tiles or um, sound panels or anything like that, like bass traps in a corner, all that kind of stuff. So that's what sound treatment is as opposed to soundproofing. But yeah, soundproofing is pretty much out of the reach of most of us, isn't it? Because it's like, it's actually creating a room which is utterly isolated and generally like, yeah, you need an actual sound booth. Although there's a few of these coming out now, isn't there? Like there was one we saw in the podcast show, which was what, a few thousand. So, I mean, it's still big budget, yeah. but it's, mm-hmm. it's not like completely out with the, the budget of somebody who's running a, a kind of professional show potentially. Yeah. Yeah. I liked speaking to the guy and getting the story about how somebody got stuck in one uh, <laughs> over Christmas. That was um <laughs> It was amusing. Uh, he was really selling it to me, you know. Yeah. Four grand yeah. on this, you get stuck in it. He's a little, pr- very little hard prisons to for you. Yeah, just, you know, drop of a hat, just closes, you can't get it open again. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the, the sound treatment front then, it could be tempting to imagine that if we're, you know, if we've got a spare room or whatever, we need to sound treat it. So we're going to have to measure all the walls and the ceiling and that and yeah. get all the, the sound, appropriate amount of sound tiles but you could actually just go more localized, don't you? You don't need yeah. to necessarily worry about the entire room. You only need to worry about the area around your mic and around yourself, don't you? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I mean, w- one of the things we did in our office, you're talking about that one in Abertay, that was a pretty small kind of hard-walled room. Um, something we did was just got some, uh, what would you call them, conference like boards? They were the kind of things you get at conferences or events, which are just kind of little Z um like head z-shaped like head high boards which you can velcro stuff to essentially you put them in a kind of zigzag so they stand up by themselves and those things actually them themselves can cut down uh, a bit of the reverb a bit of the echo because they're kind of soft surface although they're still a wee bit hard but then what we did was we velcroed uh, sound tiles to that and that then was a temporary thing so you could move that around we kind of enclosed the microphone um, area we enclosed the desk that the mics were around so that worked really well so that's that's one thing you can do isn't it like a little corner within a room you can actually treat it that way but you can go even more local can't you uh, can't you matthew like you've got your uh, one of your classic um well you've got a few methods for this including duvets and cat beds and stuff eh Aye, the good old cat bed method, um, <laughs> which I just, you know, thought about years ago when I was in like well, probably a pet shop or poundies or something yeah, like that. And yeah. I thought, you know, if you stick a wee mic in one of them, I bet it would sound decent. And I tried uh-huh. it out and sure enough it did. And I remember yeah. um I remember getting one to do a couple of sound samples and sound tests and that. I remember the accountant emailed me and said, uh, I see you've bought a cat bed. Uh and I was like, well, you know, this is to do with podcast. And I explained it, but <laughs> no, just she was like, well, I had, had no idea. She must have just thought I was, I don't know, um, invest in my own pet sitting business or something like that. Yeah, but, exactly. Yeah, the cat bed technique is uh, a really low cost way. You get these things yeah. for like 12 quid, don't you? So Yeah, totally. Yeah, so you, you just end up, just to picture it for the listener, like you just end up, you cut a little hole in the bottom pretty much, don't you? So that you can put your mic stand through that hole and then the mic is suspended in the middle of this cat bed in the centre of it. Or you can even just put it on a table if you've got a little table stand, eh? And stick the table stand mm. inside it. Like if you have a um, an inbuilt stand mic, like a, a Yeti or something like that, uh, it can just sit right inside that cat bed and then you talk through the cat bed hole <laughs> at the mic. <laughs> um, I, what about, I mean, what, 
<laughs> Go on. I was just going to say, even in the worst sounding rooms, that will just immediately improve things. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. some complaints you get against it are it does muffle the sound slightly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I understand that. But again, sometimes you're just making the best of what you've got. And yeah, it's never yeah. going to be, you know, like you're going into a fully professional studio. But it's much better than having loads of reverb and echo in your voice. Aye. And a couple of other ones are, you get like a professional version of this where... Um, Oh, the name of them escaped me now. The little parabolic kind of um, sound protectors that you get. You can you get these shields, mic shields. No, that's not what they're called, is it? Um, you put them, you can mount them onto a stand and it's basically a kind of semicircle of soundproofing that sits behind the mic. So it covers mm-hmm. the back side of the mic to stop that reverb that basically this directly coming from your voice. Because if you picture yourself, like right now, to be honest, I'll be getting a bit of reverb off my monitor because I'm talking into a mic, but I'm facing my monitor, which is only like half a meter away from me. So I bet that'll be bouncing back. But you get one of these shields, goes behind the mic, and it stops any reverb from the rear of the mic getting back towards it. So they can help. And they're kind of a more... Uh, uh, an official, a pro version of the cat bed. <laughs> but, what was um, that word you used? Parabolic. Parabolic. I yeah. I don't know what parabolic? that means. Is that not like uh, parabolic? Um, I was thinking of the kind of semicircular, a three D kind of uh, inside of a cylinder, half a cylinder. Mm. Is that right? Maybe I'm getting the total wrong know. word there. I'll just <laughs> I'll add it to my lexicon because I like to do a crossword and I'm not very yeah. good at them. So I'm always good, looking good. for new words. Better look up the real meaning of it then since I probably just got it wrong. <laughs> um, and then two two final ones to mention, I think. Uh, you've got the duvet, obviously. Like you, you often hear about people uh, you know, sweating while they're recording their a podcast because they actually just get like uh either just put a duvet over their head and start recording into a handheld mic i've seen that done many a time mm-hmm. uh, or the kind of more structured version of it is you get a close horse which is kind of similar to those conference boards i was talking about but you get a close horse you put a duvet over the top of that and then you sit inside that so it kind of creates a little den <laughs> a podcast recording den out of a duvet um mm. it might look and ridiculous got, <laughs> it might, but, you get but the <laughs> like again the, the sort of pro level version of the duvet is the acoustic blanket itself yeah. and they're not even that expensive like i think 30 or 40 pounds you get a big decent sort of and they're just heavier duty again it's yeah. it's nothing you can't really do with your own fabrics um you know, we've seen lots of innovative ways to, to create this sort of sound treatment before. Yeah. Remember somebody back in the day getting old towels and, you know, you get the big art canvases and they were filling the, uh, the canvases yeah. with towels yeah, like I've with seen the that, back aye. to the wall. And, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if it was like artwork as well, it doubled up as, but there, there's yeah. loads of innovative ways just to dampen that sound. Uh, I did that with um, I did that with some t-shirts once actually. I got a bunch of free t-shirts from a podcasting conference. So a few of our friends like giving away t-shirts for their brands, uh, and I got some like wooden frames which would become canvases, but stretch the t-shirts over the top of them, and then put some towels on the inside of them instead. And that that turned them into kind of a a version of acoustic panels. So yeah, yeah, it can mm. work quite well. All right. And sorry, the last one, there's tons of options here. Last one that you commonly see is just the wardrobe, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Get your yeah. mic in the wardrobe. How does that work? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what more is there to say? Open up the wardrobe, <laughs> prop the mic in there and talk into it. Yeah. You've yeah. got clothes hanging there. It's it's very soft surfaces. Yeah. And uh, aye, it's another, another option for folks. Generally, yeah. bedrooms are 
the best sounding rooms in your house, aren't they? Spaces, With yeah. Bathrooms and kitchens probably being the worst as well. Yeah, so yeah. So if you can if you can stand to get in your wardrobe and basically surround yourself by your hanging clothes, then that can work really nicely. All right. What's the other one then? So we've got reverb. That was the reverb. Uh, the other common one is just background noise, and it like take take us into that, Matthew. Yeah. So this is where your soundproofing comes in. Uh, there's a lot of noises out there in the world, just in general. A lot of noises that are wanting to to get into your recordings, and you often <laughs> aren't aware of them until you put the mic on and you're listening through your headphones. Yeah. How many times, Colin, have we? you know, set up to record here and one of us has had to go and close the window, yeah. even though it's not a sound you're aware of until you start recording. And then you do yeah. start hearing, you know, the school across the road and the you traffic and notice. stuff like that. It's just amplified, <laughs> isn't it? So <laughs> Totally. You've got the first one on your list here of background noise, dogs barking. There's a, there's a dog walker that comes by my office on the dot, like it's about 3 p.m. every single day, and he just stands outside, like taking in some uh, some nice sun with his dog going ruff, 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 constantly for like 10 minutes. So, yeah, I cannot record at 3 p.m. every single day. <laughs> um, yeah, but what are the other ones? Like, you've got traffic. What else you got? Yeah, like we had the other the other week when we recorded, you had a fire alarm going off, didn't you? I mean, that's not the sort of noise that you're going to be able to do anything other than just get out the building, but it's background noises. It's, um, you know, it's it's anything, again, going back to your your neighbour next door playing the drums, just any external noise. And that's not to say that we're trying to seek perfection. There will always be wee noises. Uh, Sometimes background ambience could actually add to a recording as well as yeah. long as it's not overbearing with the vocals and with the content yeah. so we're not striving for you know a complete dead room like you're reading an audiobook for audible or that but mm. it's it's just about it needs to not be distracting doesn't it so yeah totally and it's it's because it's hard i think the best it's just about kind of um thinking ahead more than anything else here isn't it like um, maybe it is a time of day actually that your street is quieter that um you know that people don't turn up what you used to have a superpower where you could turn on your mic and it would turn on a lawnmower outside mm. matthew yep it would just automatically happen <laughs> so it's like knowing when the people tend to mow their lawns outside as well like you know you kind of avoid that type of uh, time of day um so the, yeah like the if, worst I, one uh, yeah just by you saying about the, the lawnmower you know it became a, a long-running joke with robert and i when we were recording but the worst mm. one we ever had uh was at my old house and we'd set up to record and it wasn't the time of year where anyone would be cutting the grass and i remember like there was a lamppost outside a huge lorry turned up and two men replaced the lamppost <laughs> we were sitting there with the mics on and I was saying to him, like, I've never, ever, ever seen a lamppost getting replaced before. But, uh, you know, that one lamppost on that day, on that hour, needed yeah. replaced. So, you caused it to happen. <laughs> yeah. And let me tell you that re- replacing a lamppost isn't a quiet process either. No, so. I'd imagine. <laughs> That's like a one in a decade uh, activity for that lamppost and you managed never to Never seen it, it happen perfectly. again anyway (laughs) so i was just gonna say like the soundproof inside of things like we said earlier it's very expensive to do properly like to fully soundproof a room is very very expensive and very difficult um but you can go part of the way like we did in our old dundee office remember sealing up the window yes i yeah yeah we just got a carpenter in uh, he basically took one of the windows. So we had an office with three rooms. We did one of us, one of them was the studio and he just charged us, um, a few hundred pounds actually to put up a wooden frame 
uh, a panel of wood and then just stuff a whole bunch of, um, I think it was literally just like loft insulation. You know, that kind yeah. of fiberglass stuff you stick in the loft to keep the heat in. I mm-hmm. think that was what he just stuffed in there. But you could you could probably find more soundproofing stuff like actual, I don't know, There's I'm sure there's, um, there's like soundproofing material that you can find that could insulate even more effectively. But that worked really nicely, actually. Like you would go into our room next door and you could hear the cars outside, you could hear the traffic, fire alarm, uh, car alarms, whatever it was. But you go into our studio, and you'd still get a little bit of it, but it wouldn't be as Aye, obtrusive. It made a big be, difference, yeah, because we went difference. from that total single glazing, like old mill building style yeah. window, yeah. and there was a garage across the road where the guy did yeah. emissions tests every day. Yeah. Uh, so I, that made a huge difference. I just I remember um, thinking we missed a trick because you can see that from outside, you could see all that fiberglass stuff you were yeah. talking about. We should have just put an Alla 2 advert. It would have still been there yet. Big banner. Yeah, totally. I, they'd never have found it, would they? No, <laughs> but they'd always see it outside. Yeah, so. totally. Yeah. So, so it is possible to do an element of soundproofing, for sure. Um, if you have control over the building, if it's something you can do, if it's not like your your home living room, which your your other half is going to tell you to bugger off if, they, if you ask them if you can seal up the window or something like that. So, yeah, it's possible. And that wasn't very expensive to do. I'm sure we could have done that DIY if we tried as well. All right. But a lot of this, it's um, it's just good practices, isn't it? Yeah. Like before you're setting up to record, and this isn't necessarily soundproofing. It's more just uh, you know things like telling people in the the house or the building that you're going to be recording for the next forty five minutes. Yeah. We've talked about closing windows, basic things like putting your phone on silent. Um, you know, giving yeah. the guy outside with the dog twenty quid to go to the the park yep. or something like that. That's the one. And yeah, just sure. uh, just trying to trying to stack conditions in your favor isn't it so exactly yeah anything you can do keep that noise outside down <laughs> um even propping up doors like this door outside my hallway which is pretty noisy so when i'm recording i sometimes go out and stick a wee wedge under it so it's not slamming all the time just simple things like that all right should we jump into mic technique mic techniques another way that we can cut down a bit on the external noises and make it sound a bit more studio isn't it so how do we think about this yeah well we've talked in recent episodes haven't we about sometimes when you're recording somebody for the first time and they're very far away from the mic and it doesn't sound very good you get that sound of the room you've got to bump it up in the production process to the post-production process so just good mic technique could improve your sound tenfold even if the room isn't very good Uh, again not to dive back into like gear recommendations or stuff like that but i've found mics like the q2u the samsung q2u and the sm58 even in bad sounding rooms if you've just got a nice sort of distance you know not too far away from those mics they're, they're very yeah. forgiving what's the old classic um advice calling for di- starting point for distance from a mic yeah you do the uh, old uh, hang 10 sign don't you like extend your pinky and your thumb and then put the pinky on the mic and the thumb in your mouth and it's about what six inches so yeah that works quite nicely then you just adjust Uh, accordingly based on the the kind of volume of your voice don't you so yeah totally yeah yeah a lot of people can go a little bit closer than that actually i tend to go a little bit closer just because uh, yeah i think i've got a less kind of boomy voice potentially so yeah i can do and i find yeah just as we quick mic recommendation for this too like i use the road podcaster a lot for these kind of recordings um, and i find that's really good at kind of just isolating the voice um, and cutting down on the background noise as well. Although it probably is because I get quite close to it um, 
and it just kind of yeah isolates it quite well that way. So yeah, that works quite well. Then there's uh, there's other considerations too, isn't there? Just quickly, like um, closing, like rustly closing. <laughs> you know, you yeah. don't want. To, I know you do, Colin, but turning up to record with your shell suit on, with your neon shell suit. Well, I'm always yeah, telling I mean, you to. Yeah, it's it's got to be good for the video, but bad for the mic. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're standing um, too close to a you know a heater, and you go up in flames. It's uh, all these downsides. Which <laughs> they were really dangerous, weren't they? <laughs> Supposedly, <laughs> I never never heard of that actually happening to anyone. I want proof. But that was the, the urban <laughs> legend. <laughs> yeah so yeah you're absolutely right yeah just all the things about you we talked about this a little bit before didn't we around the you know squeaky chairs jingling keys all that kind of thing so yeah mm-hmm. all of that tables. is background noise to get rid of yeah for sure we did, one nice thing actually maybe a wee tip for people is something we did to our desk remember the desk we had in the studio in dundee yeah i it was uh was it like a foam mat that you glued on it? kind of yeah i did it diy i just went to the local fabric shop and i bought um like a few square meters of leather. Um, I, d- I don't know exactly what they thought. I was they wondered do with this. what you're up to. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you go to the shop and buy some leather, then uh, you know you get some good looks. But uh, what I did was I brought it back and I cut it to shape around the desk, and I just had some um, spray glue, sprayed the surface of the desk, sprayed the edges, and just like plastered it over it. Really simple to do, actually. And suddenly it turned this desk um, into something that was actually quite sound treated i guess because you could tap it it was just softer surface it was much less bangy and kind of echoey um and it actually looked quite nice as well on camera because we used we did a lot of video in there so it was a black surface um it was quite cool actually so yeah that worked quite well for just treating that desk and cutting down a lot on any kind of noises from whether you had like a, a mug you were sitting down on it or anything like that just tapping your fingers worked nicely so there's one more here we wanted to cover, wasn't it, around recording outside. Um, and that can include your old favourite, which you mentioned a little bit already, recording in the car. So, uh, yeah, tell us about your experience of that. Like, what, what do you need to think about if you're recording outside or any kind of other external studio opportunities that you think there are? Yeah, it's too good not to mention this option, isn't it? Because <laughs> there are some people out there that just think, you know, it's impossible to record at home for one reason or another. Maybe you've got kids there all the time, maybe you know, it's housemates or whatever, maybe it's noisy neighbours. But if if you just simply can't record at home and you have a car, that's a great little studio. You know, cars <laughs> sound pretty decent. Uh, they're not completely soundproofed. You will still get that bit of ambience from outside. But in the main, I've heard a lot worse sounds than cars. Yeah, and uh, yeah. yeah, used to record in my car back in the day when we were running our audio drama uh, production podcast. Robert and I would, <laughs> would meet up in a retail park car park and uh sit there with a zoom recorder never got arrested or anything like that so yeah we recorded lots of episodes that way and yeah uh, that's cool yeah they do i mean they are pretty soundproofed aren't they like cars are soundproofed to try and get rid of the road noise the traffic Mm. noise all that kind of stuff like a good modern car not talking about an old school like mini or a beetle or something that are basically made of tinfoil eh? but like a a good modern car there's actually Mm -hmm. a fair bit of soundproofing goes into them and they're pretty soft inside too so relatively sound treated as well Mm -hmm. so yeah that's quite cool (laughs) how did you do that like were you were you just kind of turned sideways uh, or were you just staring out the window together, not even looking at each other while recording? <laughs> From what I remember, because it was a long time ago, I used to I used to make notes, so I would be holding the notes, and then I had, at one point I had the Zoom H two on the handle, 
So I was doing the sports reporter back and forward, and uh, then I got a couple yeah, yeah. of lav mics to plug in, and that made it easier. Yeah. So, um, aye, I mean, it's uh, it, it probably took a bit of like settling into how it all worked and stuff like that. But aye, yeah. a bit funny that yeah, you are both um, more looking forward than in yeah. towards each other. But <laughs> uh, yeah. aye, good old car recording. Like I say, it, it, it really served us pretty well. And uh, yeah. and getting outside doesn't mean being in a car, does it? You could like if the if the weather's okay, you could go and sit on a bench somewhere, couldn't you? Yep, yep. I've done this a few times for my uh, my older mountain biking podcast. I would be on my bike. I would have my recorder with me. <clears throat> I tended just to take like uh, my um, my phone and uh, smart lav, like one of the road smart lavs, and I would just stop at some point along the trail, find a quiet bit, and just sit on a rock and just talk about the trail. Um, and that works really nicely because you're getting a bit of the ambience. Uh, it suits the show because obviously it's about being out and about on the trails. Uh, there was something cool about recording a review of a trail or a review of an experience or whatever, even a bit of gear, you know, while you're out there using it, doing it, being there. Um, so that was really cool. Uh, but you don't even need to be on a trail. I mean, you could just be on a park bench or something, eh? as long as you're mm. away from the traffic, away from the noise and bustle of the city. Just go to a, a nice big park in your local area, sit on a bench and use a handheld mic like you mentioned the the Q2U there, Matthew. Um, or like if you want a really good handheld one that doesn't have any handling noise, you've got the Shure SM58. goes with, uh, you know, a Zoom recorder or something like that really nicely. So, I mean, even just, we talked about the fact your phone, like hold your blooming phone up to your mouth in yeah. the park and actually that'll get you a pretty decent quality of sound with a wee bit of that ambience. So, yeah. Maybe conditions permitting, eh? Like uh, the rain yeah. starts coming down, you might have to... Aye, the, the Welcome <laughs> to Winter in Scotland podcast Aye. wouldn't be very good uh, without the recording, let me tell you that. But uh, I walk in as well. Echo, it's, uh, it's reverb from your uh, chattering teeth instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um, the concept to like walking rather than sitting down, you know, yeah. whether you're using your phone or a lav mic or wireless mic or whatever, that has other benefits too, doesn't it? Because if you're brand new to podcasting, especially if you're doing like a solo show, it could be intimidating just sitting down in front of your microphone with your computer there and trying to, yeah. you know, ease up and sound natural. So a lot of people have reported that when they've done, you know, just went out for a walk, they've actually, they've loosened up and they've just talked a lot more naturally and it's helped them to deliver the content as well as giving them a, a decent sounding recording as well. So there's yeah, a couple of different levels yeah. to that. It's like a it's like a distraction almost from the self consciousness of mm-hmm. recording, but equally it's we talk about the fact that it's really nice, and we didn't mention this, did we? Around the fact that it's actually quite a big difference recording standing up. Like if you have a standing desk, for example, with your mic stand on it, and you can stand up to do it, there's something or the, the posture makes a big difference. It opens your lungs up, opens up your vocal cords, all that kind of stuff. But equally, it just gives you a bit more energy. You know, you're kind of standing, you're able to move around, you're a bit more dynamic. So that totally translates to being out on a, you know, a walking path, a trail or whatever, um, and going to your voice as well. So yeah, it's a really nice idea. I, do you remember um, Andy Brown from uh, Dundee? Yeah, hi. Yeah, he used to he used to do this. So when he was out walking his dog, um, his dog said uh, he used to go out and record a podcast episode, 10, 15 minutes on his subject, which I think at the time was around digital marketing stuff. And he would just be walking through the forest, talking about something he learned that day. And it was great. There was actually so much energy in his voice. Like it was so kind of atmospheric as well. 
um, just hearing the kind of the trudge of the feet. There was something quite kind of relaxing and hypnotic about it, but still getting the information across well. So yeah, I mm. like that a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know it's there's a lot to be said for that. Um, we've got an article on this. I'll put it in the the, the show notes link. So um, yeah, what were, the, cool. what were our links again? I'm just scrambling <laughs> here. <laughs> Cool. Well, you're looking for that. I'll mention my last thing then. So, I mean, the all, the other option is, you know, you've got a recording, you've set up your studio, you've done your best, but you still have a bit of reverb and echo in there. You still have a wee bit of background noise. Mic technique was slightly off. Obviously, you can treat it um, using software. So uh, there are automated platforms out there that can help you do noise reduction, do uh, sort of leveling around your voice, make sure all that kind of stuff's gone, like get rid of reverb, all that kind of thing. Um, and of course, one of them is Alitu, which is our software. Uh, so you can use anything you like for this, but Alitu is one option. Um, it does all of that, helps you get rid of some of that reverb, that background noise, um, and makes you sound great. So if you do have issues with that still, you want something that just takes care of that, um, then sign up for Alitu. Alitu will do your call recording. It'll help you edit. We've now got text-based editing in there as well, Matthew. Um, so Fancy. people can get in there, get their transcription, um, find all this, do a top-level skim edit using a transcription, read through, take out the bits that they want, reorder stuff, however, however much editing they like. Uh, and then they can use the uh, the audio editor, which is built in as well, to do the kind of fine edits, take out the, the coughs and the mistakes and things like that. Um, and then podcast hosting too, obviously built in as well. So if you want to do that, if you want to use Alitu to make your podcast, go on over to alitu.com. That's A-L-I-T-U.com. You get a seven-day free trial to give it a go so you can test out the noise reduction, see how it sounds in your studio, whatever that looks like, um, and give it a go, see if it works for you. All right. What was that link then, Matthew? Did you find it? I sure did, yeah. Thepodcasthost.com forward slash tech season for the season page. You'll find all the links to stuff that we've mentioned in these episodes, including the yeah. article on recording outdoors. And then you'll find the resources page too at thepodcasthost.com forward slash resources. Yeah, perfect. Resources. The resources page has basically every resource we use um, from all the gear we've talked about on this season, but also like loads of other stuff like software, tools, everything that we use to run our little business. Uh, all right. I think that covers it for this one, Matthew. What are we doing next time around? We've got two more episodes, don't we? Yeah, we want to talk a bit about software and mm -hmm. we want to talk a bit about something else because it's not in front of me. Video. Uh, so that's a teaser. <laughs> Yeah, so a lot of the gear that we've talked about so far and the software we'll talk about next time will is very audio-focused because we're podcasters, but of course podcasting is moving a little towards video. Not entirely, I think, going against the hype, uh, but there's definitely a big video component in podcasting now. So we're going to do an episode on video and streaming at the end as well. So that's what we've got. We've got audio recording and editing software next time around and video and streaming for the final episode of this season. Matthew, do we want to do a little call out for some questions? Because I'd love to do some Q&A at the end of this season, see if anyone's got any questions. So we start that today and then yep. we'll do it over the next few episodes, um, get some questions in. So yeah, if you want to get in touch, uh, we'd love to do a few Q&A episodes at the end of this season. So we'll follow on the standard episodes bring in some of your voices we'd love to get some people's voices in here so if you're out there listening you've got some questions um, particularly around gear around anything we've talked around on this season uh, but frankly you send us in a good question we're going to answer it no matter what the subject is <laughs> so go for it uh, particularly our gear ones but anything else as well go over to thepodcasthost.com 
forward slash voicemail. That's thepodcasthost.com forward slash voicemail. And you can leave us a message and we'll get it on one of our Q&A episodes at the end of this season. All right. Sound good, Matthew? Sound good. All right. Thank you for following along. Hope this has been useful for you. I hope we're helping to solve all of your gear worries. We'll see you on the next episode. We'll talk to you then. 